This is episode number seven with Cleto and the Cletones. Welcome to the I Love Music podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. I had the pleasure to interview Jimmy Kimmel's house band, Cleto and the Cleotones, which includes Cleto III, who is the leader of the band, Cleto Jr., his father, Jeff, Toshi, Jimmy, and Jonathan. Through all the interviews I've been doing, it's great to see the bond of friendship through music. This band has known each other for many years and has worked with artists like James Taylor to Julio Iglesias to Paula Abdul. Please note that I only had two microphones for seven people. I hope you enjoy their story. I am backstage right now at Jimmy Kimmel Live with Cleo in the Cleotones. Welcome, guys. Thanks for being here today. So, so how did the band form? Uh, we've been playing together as a band in different situations for 20, um, 23 years. Yeah, whatever. So we just met in a few different bands, and then we've all played together for a long time. And then when this came through, Jimmy and I grew up together, so he knew most of the guys. Uh, and my dad, I've been playing with him since I was not alive, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, I, when Jimmy asked me to put the band together, he, he knew all these guys, so I told him that's how we formed this band. Then my dad was added after the fact. So. What were some of your musical influences growing up? What were some of your guys' musical influences? I, I, mean, I don't know, I loved R&B music. You know, Earth and Fire, Stevie Wonder, but also a lot of jazz and a lot of different, you know, we're all kind of, we've all played a lot of different stuff, but I can't speak for everybody, so. Oak Ridge Boys. Your turn. <laughs> John Travolta. Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> well, I used to listen to a lot of rhythm and blues, of course, uh, Bobby Bland, B.B. King, Little Junior Parker, and, and uh, listen to Cannonball a lot, too. Nice. <laughs> I grew up on ABBA. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's well, so that's great. Complete full of shit interview, you guys. Oh yeah. Well. <laughs> <laughs> um, what were a, a few of your guys' stories about how you decided to work in the music industry? This guy's got some great ones here, Jimmy Earl. Woo! <laughs> well, playing bass was the only thing I know how to do anyway, so yeah, it was written on the wall. So. Well, that was my first. Uh, dream uh, to come to the United States and become a musician. I'm a guitar player, but... Uh, Where did you grow up? In Tokyo, Japan. Nice. What was the question again? How did you decide, you know, to work in the music industry? Oh, yes. Um, to, well, you know, I, I, I've been playing since I was a, a, just a wee child, drums, and then um, went to school for it and then moved to Los Angeles and just wanted to be a musician so I moved out here and followed my dream we're all connected like interconnected in weird ways I met Jimmy Earl in 88 he was doing a session for my dad cool he just moved here I met Cleto's dad that you just heard from in 94 when I was playing with Julio Iglesias he was working there and he said you have to meet my son (laughs) I met his son shortly thereafter and I met Toshi Shortly thereafter, when I went to college, Jonathan was the star drummer who had just graduated. It's true. Don't make that face. 
He was literally everybody. At, yeah. Like, we went to University of Miami and everybody talked about this Jonathan Dressel. Oh, no one's ever going to play in the big band as well as Jonathan Dressel. Um, <laughs> it's what they said. You can <laughs> hem and haul all you want. But okay. then we, Toshi, Jonathan, and I ended up touring together on this little tour <laughs> in 96. And so anyway, it all came together. And then yeah. Cleto got offered this job at a local club in the Valley. And they said, do you have a band? And he said, yes, which was bullshit. Yeah. So he then called me right after this meeting and said, "Do we have? Can we have a band by October? Whatever." I said, "Yeah, yeah, we'll put it." So we went to Tower Records. We got some CDs and we decided what we were going to play. And I don't think we were like the greatest ever, maybe that night. Yeah. But um, we were tipsy enough to think we were pretty awesome. And Toshi was on that gig, and myself, and and Junior here, yeah. and then some other guys, and then. You were late to that first gig, too, Toshi. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Toshi had another gig, so we had a sub for the first five songs, yeah. who played about four notes of guitar, and the rest of the time he was, he was futzing with the buttons. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah, so anyway, we're, it's kind of funny. The music business, um, it, it especially here or in any mecca of where there's a lot of action, you realize it's only you know a couple degrees of separation most of the time. If you stay in it long enough... Definitely, that, yeah. That everyone kind of knows at least somebody from... Some kind of, especially in this band, I mean, we all have a pretty long history. I love that you all know each other from just like growing up throughout throughout the years. Yeah, yeah. Now we're stuck with each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who are some of your favorite artists you've gotten to work with when you're not doing Jimmy Kimmel Live? I don't know. Since we've started this show, me personally, since yeah. we were talking, I, I haven't done much outside of the show. Okay. As far as. Uh, Keeps you pretty busy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, these guys have been able to play with some different people. Jeff does a lot of stuff. They do. Yeah, no, we, we, we get... Um, what's good about the show is that we get to stay in town if we want to. Um, it's You know, in 2003, when the show started, we actually started rehearsals in 2002, late 2002. The business was very different. The music business was very different. And I remember a lot of... And Toshi started doing TV shows in 97... And then we did our first show together, Tosh and I, in 99. 99. And at that point, people would ask, oh, how can you t do a TV show? It makes you, you can't tour and you have to go to the same place every day. And we were like, oh, it's kind of cool going yeah. to the same place every day. And then over the course of the last 14 years, yeah. how the business has changed. Touring isn't what it used to be. Recording isn't what it used to be. And all those guys that used to kind of poo-poo that you'd take a TV gig go, can I sub on your TV gig or I, all I ever right. want is a TV gig because it's kind of one of the last remaining steady jobs in music. So we're very lucky. Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Right, Jonathan? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we've also played with a lot of people on the show too, backing them up. Here. Yeah. So we could probably talk more, yeah. more about great. that than, any, than anything else. So. I, I heard uh, you, got, you got to work with Sammy Davis. Well... I didn't perform with Sammy Davis, but yeah. I did work at Caesar's Palace. Oh, cool! Jeff just mentioned that uh, that I had uh, met him there at Caesar's Palace when he was with Julio Iglesias. Mm -hmm. So cool. through Sammy Davis, uh, I the word of mouth. I guess he told everybody I worked with a lot of them. I mean, just got Sammy Davis, Sinatra, Julio Iglesias, Anne Margaret, Natalie Cole, Dionne Warwick. I could just go on and on and on. So that was a lot of fun for me. Yeah, so... Oh, that's great. Fun. We could... I mean, we didn't really answer the question about... No, we didn't. Uh, uh, yeah, we can. 
Yeah. So she gets to tour Japan occasionally, his homeland, being a rock star and playing the Budokan, which is awesome. Jimmy Earl gets to play a lot of improvised music and and around town. I get to sneak out on weekends and play. I, we're doing a bunch of Hillary fundraisers with James Taylor, which is fun. That's great. So, Peter, you still do sessions and stuff for jingles. So we're all getting out there when we can. And, and you know, what the show does is provide steadiness. But if you want to be, like, creative or get your rocks off, it's best not to do it within the confines of, of, a, of, a, of a, you know, this situation, which has a specific... We have a specific job to do. Right. Um, so if you want to kind of like let loose, we've found it's probably best to do that elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. you get the, hopefully the best of both worlds. Yeah. No, totally. Um, do you guys have any memorable moments um, from working on Jimmy or from road life prior? That we can share. That, that we can share. Probably. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Back to your first question, what he kind of touched on, like we've been able to play with a lot of really cool people, at least for me personally, a, lot, a few of my heroes, childhood heroes, like you know, Michael McDonald, George Benson, some of the older guys that we've, you know, that's sitting with us and we've backed a few bands, a few, you know, that's great. few artists, and it, that's been kind of cool, I mean. Not been very cool. Been very cool. We yeah. got to like live our dream in a way. Like you yeah. get to play for a night with these musical heroes. Yeah, that you've been you yeah. grew up listening to or learning yeah. solos or their lyrics. It's, or it's awesome. <laughs> Why do you guys do what you do? Why do you love music and? He answered it. Jimmy Earl answered it. It's all we know how to do. Yeah, <laughs> it's all we're. Uh, it's all no, we're I mean, playing. My story, uh, as far as what happened to me, is how I got into the business. When my dad was a musician, he quit for a long time, though, when I was little. Yeah. But I always loved music, and it was always in my house, always on. My mother is a big R&B fan as well, so it was always, I was always, you know, in in front of my record player, writing down lyrics and singing, and, you know, I'm an only child, so that's all I had to yeah. do myself, you know, so. Anyway, long story short, I, I played all through school, through high school, and kind of excel a little faster than some of the other kids in, in Vegas, it was a very small town at that time. If I was somewhere else, I probably wouldn't have been, whatever. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, I yeah, yeah. ended up going to college and uh, I enrolled early and started playing in all the big bands when I was a senior in high school. And uh, I decided I didn't, I didn't want to be a professional musician. I knew it was kind of rough and I was like, yeah. So I, right. I, I wanted to be a political science major to try to go to law school. That lasted for about eight weeks. I realized I wasn't worth a shit in anything else but playing and, you know, eventually singing and stuff. But uh, so that that's how I started. It just kind of found me because I, right. again, I can't do anything else, you know. Yeah. I have a sleeve of tattoos and my mom was like, you know, oh my God, what do you, so what happens if, you know, you have to go get a job? And I, I said, Mom, I'm only, <laughs> I'm not qualified for any right. other job other than mowing the lawn or playing a saxophone. So don't worry about it, it'll be fun. <laughs> Um, have you had any challenges along the way? Well, I was going to say something about getting oh, a yeah. job, which is an interesting thing that I, I now yeah. we're at an age which is weird. We still feel like kids in a way because we met when we were young, but now we're at the age where parents are saying, you know, or, or young musicians are saying, uh, how do we do what you do? Like, oh my right. God, I'm that guy now. I'm right. the old guy. But but you realize that what, what Cleto was saying about when, when are you going to get a job or, or a lot of people's fears are, can you get a steady job? We realize, you know, our parents' generation, our grandparents' generation, you worked at the same insurance firm for 45 years yeah. and you got your gold pin and you retired. You know, those guys will let you go as soon as you're 
not too big for their, or your, your benefits. And, and so it's not like that. So I feel like if you're really serious about music and you have the skill set and you have a, the depth of a, 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 like multi dimensions of, of skills and, and you can work for a long time in this business just to, as in any other, other yeah. business. You have to take it seriously. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I think, you know, we may be only really qualified or, or trained to do this job. But we worked our asses off to, to, to make sure we had the skills to be viable. I think I speak for everybody. I mean, yeah. Jimmy Earl still practices his ass off, and it still sounds better than ever. Um, um, Toast, too. We're all trying to be the best version of, of a musician. Jonathan, not so it's much, great. but the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the most guilty of this. So anyway, sorry to backtrack. No, that's great. No, anyone that's else have you. anything to add to that? I mean, we've all been lucky enough, I think, uh, lucky enough to have been in town and not really, none of us have been waiters or, you know, we've always been as living, you know, being musicians and I just think that you have to um, just keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it, get out, go play, 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 play. The more you, you do that, you're going to meet different people and I've never been like a jammer that I go and yeah. big gigs and, you know, that's not my skill. <laughs> but uh, I always met people and like, you know, if I did get on a gig, I try to do the best that I could and be prepared and learn my parts and know what what my angle is to in this business. Like, I'm not a jazz musician. I don't consider myself that. I'm not a jazz fusion. Some of these guys can do anything. I'm not that guy. You know? Yeah. I'm also a certain type of singer and a certain, you know, so I, you think it's, if you find your, your angle of how you can get in and how you can shine or make a living and I think that's you just have to be persistent too because you just kind of lay back and don't really right do any of you write your own stuff or yeah yeah, yeah. Just, don't you just put a record out yeah you want to want to talk about yeah want to talk about your record sure yeah uh, so tell me so tell me yeah tell me about I well I released uh, the latest album called Spud Magic it's because all all my life started when I start playing at the Big Potato. Okay. Oh, yeah. I love the Big Potato. Yeah. 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 That's why we call it the spot, you know. The uh -huh. magic of a spot. It just gave me a life, you know. So uh -huh. the tribute to the club. And uh, um, our friends, Steve Lukather, played, you know, on, on the album. And so it's Jeff, you know. Um, yeah. Cool. Came out. What, what type of, is it? Like rock. Yeah, instrumental rock. Instrumental rock. Nice. That's awesome. Oh, and also, to back to yeah. the other question, just, uh, you know, since I came to States, just nothing but meeting great, you know, nice people. And so just practice hard and be nice to each other. You yeah. Know? You don't want to be That's huge. working with an asshole. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to touch on what my son uh, said a while back. He said, I quit music. I quit music actually for 30 years. Wow. I, I didn't play at all. And... Going back to Caesars, <clears throat> I missed it a lot, and mm -hmm. uh, just hearing the guys warming up, I'm going like, whoa, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, so 14 years ago, uh, like he said, th this happened, and I'm very blessed playing next to my son and all these other monsters because they're great, great musicians. Yeah, they mm -hmm. really are. Very, very blessed. So thanks to Jimmy Kimmel and my son Cleto, that they're putting up with me. I got <laughs> to keep up with the young guys. That's great. That's so great. So Cleats was just talking about Caesars, and when I met him, he's working backstage, taking care of the artists. And what I what we noticed about him was that you were a real friend of all the musicians because you were a musician and you really took care of us, and you 
nurtured. I mean, you were a music. You say you retired from the business, but even when you were working backstage, we all knew you were a musician. Everybody in that yeah. room knew you were a musician because you were you 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 were one of us always. I mean, wouldn't you think? Wouldn't yeah, you think? no, no, you're right. Going back, just like what what Jeff said. Uh, touching on Caesar's Palace again. In '73, I quit the band. We were up on the road. We left. Okay. We worked the Sahara Hotel in Vegas from '65 to '71. Then we hit the road. And what was the band called? Oh, uh, it was a it was a Lost Blues. Okay. Yeah. Nice. And uh, uh, you could tell the guys were getting tired, especially me. And I had been thinking about quitting so I could see my son Cleto grow up, you know. And and uh, yeah, so it, in '73, I think we were in Colorado Springs when I told the guys. I think I'm gonna hang it up, you know. So uh, yeah. Then so well, the guy said, "Well, what are you gonna do?" I said, "I have no idea. This is all I know how to do." Like Jimmy Jimmy Earl said, and uh, came back home. Uh, and a couple of days later, I, I was working at Caesar's Palace. Uh, uh, I, I threw, he, a friend of mine, uh, Jack Turan, got me the job. He was a manager there at, in in room service. So uh, I see him, and he says, "What are you gonna do?" I said, "I have no idea." So uh, he says, why don't you come talk to me and I'll start you off as a busboy. Then, you know, eventually waiter yeah. and, you know. So that's, uh, that's what happened. It, it, you know, I went, that's so you know, great. started as a busboy, then waiter, and then the last, what, maybe four or five years before doing this, I got to be the head butler. Okay. But the most fun was, like I said a while ago, working backstage, you know. And, and I, I worked as a, uh, you know, I, I would cater to the, to the stars and all that and stuff, so... Yeah, Dan so Warwick, you want to talk about Dan Warwick and our Miss Pac-Man? Oh, Dan Warwick. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Anyway, I had, I had a great time meeting him and stuff, so everybody was very nice to me, yeah. That's great. Yeah. And that passion for music kept, you know, kept oh, yeah, you throughout yeah. the years it's to... Yeah, 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 for sure. <laughs> yeah. What, what keeps you going in this business? There's what keeps us going? I think, well, I mean, obviously we all love music. I mean, and some of us are a little bit more obsessed with it than others. Over these last few years, I don't know why, I've, I've, I haven't lost passion for it, but it's like, sometimes I'm not as excited as I, as I should be for it. But I mean, I think we all love to play and love yeah. music. Not, not, maybe not necessarily performing. I don't know that right. I mean, we're all out there dancing around, but everybody just loves music. And I think that keeps us going. And again, it's what we know and all we've known our whole lives. And, now we all have children as well, so we're we want to keep working for them, and you know. But I think I, mean, I don't want to speak for everybody, but it's probably what keeps us going. You know? Yeah, there's so much. I mean, I remember this as a kid discovering music that I would read. I'm still reading all the time about music, and I'd learn about some genre of music I didn't know or some artist I didn't know. And I, yeah. I feel like there's an endless there's an endless amount to learn about music that I'm not familiar with, mm-hmm. and there's an endless amount of music that I, I am familiar with that I, there's more to discover I mean you can listen to a record a thousand times and discover something new every true. time so I feel like I'll be chasing that for the rest of my life and that's yeah. a pretty awesome quest like it's an amazing thing about music you, you, you'll never stop being a student of, of, right. of learning so that, that's, that's great right John? absolutely <laughs> why, why do you love music? yeah well I mean Playing music is, to me, it's just so much fun. And when you get to play with guys that are so great on their instruments and they make it so easy. To me, when I'm actually playing, when we're up there and, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's just fun. You know, it's a, it's a fun thing to do. And sometimes you take it for granted, which you shouldn't, but... Yeah. Um, yeah. 
So yeah. is there a spark or anything that you go back to when like you're like oh, I'm just going through the motions or like this is because like every job I think in Absolutely. some realm yeah, is you like have to that. Be careful, you don't. Yeah, that you. Yeah, because you know we've been doing this for what we're the end of our 14th year, so right. Um, yeah, you have to definitely just really concentrate and not get caught up into you know where you're just going through the motions where you have you know mm -hmm. you have to make sure that you know you know what the next song is coming up yeah and we all make mistakes but you but we all well, hopefully have each other's <laughs> hopefully all, we all have each other's back and we'll, we you know help oh, each other out a lot yeah on stage so um yeah you know yeah sometimes it does get hard to like keep you know like keep the passion in, in, in a job like this you know, yeah for us every day we're doing and we're not always playing everything that we'd like to play mm-hmm uh, but we're here to do a job, like he said earlier, and uh, you know we all try to stay happy, you know, and play some stuff that we really like to do, to play, <coughs> to keep us, you know, kind of yeah. excited how, about stuff. And how do you how do you guys decide what songs you're gonna play? Um, I pick a lot of the covers. Like we'll try to stay pretty topical with you know mostly rock stuff. I stay away from pop things, you know. Yeah. And uh, well, we'll play, we, I mean, we all like to play funk stuff. We like to play a lot of rock stuff, so you know. We'll all pick our songs. If somebody hears one that might be good for the band or something, we bring it in. And then, you know, he writes a lot of our original horn charts that we'll do. Great. And then the, the guys write the walk-ons and also two bumps for the last bump that we usually, that's another original, like he said, he has some famous bumps that he... <laughs> everybody Soul has explosion. their bumps. Yeah. yeah. Explosion. Explosion. <laughs> you know what else I noticed about but, like what keeps us fresh, what what keeps us excited? I feel like we laugh all the time yeah. still. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, and 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 honestly, when we start playing, when that first drum fill that starts us off, we're kind of all in in formation. Yeah, I, mean, I feel like it's like oh, there it is. Like you yeah. get the kick in the pants, and all right, let's go. Like let's do this. So what you lose with the mm -hmm. um the newness of you know we don't really have the red light fear anymore. I don't think. Um, I'm so sorry to bore the rest of the band, but but um, <laughs> but when we don't uh, when the red light, you know, when you're first on TV, it's like oh shit, we're on shit, TV. We're yeah. That maybe has like dwindled a little bit, but mm -hmm. I think when we're in, yeah. we're in again. It's new, it's fresh. It's like we're on TV. Like come on, this means business. Like and yeah, there are screw ups every now and then, mm -hmm. and you realize at the end of the day no one really cares we're we're full throttle and we're laughing our asses off most yeah. days yeah and i think yeah. we're that's probably what i feel the most lucky about mm -hmm. in this business we're laughing not just at jimmy but yeah. sometimes uh at our warm-up comedian and not his routine but just his behavior sometimes uh <laughs> at something one of us says or right. something that yeah, happens or... within the band or mm -hmm. i think the laughter keeps us young and yeah. keeps us fresh for me, at least. Yeah. It's a pretty funny dynamic. We've known each other a long time, so we're a bunch of... I love that. I love... Yeah, yeah, it's so great. Yeah, and I think also, too, I think we all still give a shit of what comes off that stage and what, what is broadcast to the world, because end of the day, that's... I mean, we all do other stuff, but this is what we're kind of known for right now. Yeah. And so you don't want to, like, just not really care and... Yeah. yeah we'll just play this song or that, or, you know. Right. Even though sometimes we won't rehearse, like... Today we didn't because we, we knew all the songs. Right. That we knew you were coming, and yeah. But we st we know we're gonna pull those songs off. You know, like mm -hmm. if we have a new song, we'll never not rehearse and just read it or whatever. Because I think we all give a shit of what, you know. At the, yeah. Like I said at the end of the day, it's our faces, and we, if we go out there half-ass, yeah. 
There's some other bands that I'm sure listen to us the way we listen to the other ones, and you know we want to be up there with everybody. So totally. And you guys kind of like have a dream job of a lot of different musicians. Yeah. Not not a no, lot of really not. Is. I mean, yeah, yeah we like we try to take it for granted because it's it's a it is a blessing, and there's not there's not that many chairs like ours, you know. So yeah, and it'll go you know, away. And it will like go away else. at some point, you know. Yeah. So right. Toshi and I always remember like when we. The first, he did a show before, the Vibe show, which was a Quincy Jones-produced show that Sinbad ended up hosting, and he has a funny story. I could let you tell it about that last show. But we both have had show experiences where the last paycheck comes in, the show's over, and you have that next week where you go, ooh, uh, maybe I won't go out to dinner tonight. You know, it's yeah. like, yeah. yeah. You want to tell that story, Tosh? Yeah, and the last show was, the uh, Prince was on our guest, and... Uh, the Vibe the, show. Yeah, yeah, the Vibe the show. Vibe show. What's it, 90? 96 to 7. And my wife is in the uh, audience. Okay. Was, was in the audience. And we just uh, fin- uh, closed the escrow. We just bought a house. Oh, wow. And, uh, uh, Prince yeah, is the guest. Prince was the guest. And yeah, it was, it was great. And uh, by the, the Simbad said, by the way, tonight uh, was the uh, last show of our, you know, the vibe show. Nobody told us. Wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> you said you looked oh. at your wife and you're like, oh shit. No. <laughs> and I had a bold spot out right after that. Oh, anyway. <laughs> scary, scary times. Yeah. Has, you know, it has happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The freelance world. About that time in Cologne. <laughs> no, but you know, the, the, the main focus of this band really is to keep the energy up. Yeah. For the audience and, and at home and in you know in the building too, so I think that's really our main job is to keep you know during the commercial breaks mm-hmm. and when Jimmy's not doing his thing to keep the energy up and that's, yeah. I think we all try to focus on that when we're yeah. up there. So I try to keep your energy up with the cheerleading routines that I do. <laughs> I do. I love. I love I those cheerleading. <laughs> we, just, we do dance on stage occasionally. <laughs> Did you have anything to add? Okay. Um, What is, like, what's a normal, for people who, like, knowing, like, behind the scenes stuff, what's a normal day, like, for your crew? Like, when when do you get here? Like, do you have rehearsal? Like, what's a normal day? We're, um... We're supposed to be here for Jimmy's rehearsal, which is before ours. It starts at 11. So our call time is basically 11. So we show up. Jimmy shows a bunch of clips, you know, kind of to a lot of the staff. He likes to bounce clips off the staff maybe tells a few jokes see how you know not stand-up jokes but he'll like you know have a comment after a clip and see how that kind of goes over and I think we're kind of a gauge you know yeah. not just the band but the, a lot of the staff so he does that after that we do our rehearsal we'll pick our songs for the night which usually like five songs we'll pick the walk-ons we play walk-ons for each guest that comes out okay and uh, if a producer comes to us or sends me an email the night before we have a, we have a fake game show which Jeff, the keyboard player, does all the heavy lifting for that. It's usually just him, and he's a genius at that. Genius. But <laughs> Pulling things out of my well, talks. Well, <laughs> um, so we will see if we have any of that, or uh, any game shows to rehearse, or any bits to rehearse, or also to we rehearse, I mean, we'll record uh, either fake commercials or like yeah. a song for a fake TV show, whatever, you know, whatever bits we have to do. So we have that, and then that pretty much fills our day. We go eat, we'll go run errands. Some days we have nothing, so 
we, we get our stuff out of the way and we have a little bit of block of time to, you know, to, to get ready for the show. Then we all come back to put our suits on and we kind of congregate outside the green room. They tell us it's time for us to go up. We do a little bit of short warm-up with our warm-up guy and ask mm -hmm. to play a little bit. Then it's time to start the show. We get a 30-second, boom, play the theme and we're, that's it. Nice. How is it working with Jimmy, like working with a lifelong, you know, friend that you've it's, known I mean, for so cool. many, you know, yeah. It's, it's funny, like I said, when the show first started, I was like, yeah, I used to see him more when, when we did, before we had the show than now, because he's so busy and he's kind of in his, in his tower, as it were, you know, upstairs in his office. Yeah. We don't see him that much. We get some notes for some things that we do and stuff. And every once in a while I hear from him about the show, but it, it, it's, we don't have a lot of, you know, interaction with him per se that much. Right. Really, when we're on stage, he looks at us and does yeah. stuff. But it's not like we're in his office and he's telling us, "Hey, hey, boys, you need to play this song." You know, yeah. it's not that. It's not really. like that. So yeah. But he's but working up there. He, most yeah, of the he's day. always. It's he not just like he's got a lot of downtime. No, he's up there scouring the news for whatever, whatever right. funny he can pull up, whatever <laughs> his guys with, you know, his yeah. see what other shows aren't airing. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of on. stuff that go, goes on. So we kind of stay in our corners, you know? Yeah. But uh, it's cool. I mean, the whole, in the grand scheme of thing, working for him, it's great. I mean, you know, it's my childhood friend that we've been making each other laugh since we were nine and 10. Yeah. Um, so it's it's cool and then he's known these guys too so that we're all friends too you know so i feel like the cool thing about working with jimmy that we all know is that mm -hmm. there can be a knowing look from the stage that is not discussed before or after and we all have known each other and are so familiar that that looks as a million we already know where he's coming from yeah. or right. there's a wink you know that's a really cool thing yeah. and anytime when i do these weekend gigs and people say what's he like to work with it's just, he's like is he really as cool? All those questions that you get. He's yeah. absolutely the guy you want him to be. He's a regular guy. He's an approachable guy. He's a classy guy. He's a loyal guy. He's funny. I mean, he's all the things, anything so you could. And I'm yeah. not just saying that. I think yeah. everybody would agree he is as good a guy that you, no matter how long Cleto's known him, this is a good guy and he still makes us laugh and he's still, he's such a, anybody had anything go bad or good there would be nobody quicker to, to come to your to, to have your back so we're really lucky that's great yeah. and he i mean on top of all that he works really 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 hard so he's not he doesn't he's not a talking head by any means you know he's everything goes through him he you know tweaks every bit you know so he works really hard these work pretty hard in that, well. that show we yeah. were watching we learned a lot from him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just want to say, you know, I, I think Jimmy, he, we've been doing this for what, 26 years now? No, I'm just kidding. It's been 14 years. Yeah. But, uh, uh, yeah, he genuinely makes me laugh every night. And I'm glad that he does because it would suck to have to be up there and then pretend like he was funny or something. He's genuinely funny and genuine, genuinely makes me laugh. So I'm thankful for that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, we love to. Also, Jeff kind of touched on it. Like, he'd give it a look or something. Like, I, I mean, we've known each other so long that, like, I'll even know like if a, a certain laugh if he's laughing at a at a guest, and we also know when he's really tickled by something, and or he'll look at us like he'll give us a look that only we know, you know. Like, right. So it's kind of funny. yeah. So that is cool about being actual friends with the host, not just like your boss, you know. <laughs> no, he isn't. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Anything else to add? 
um, about like encouraging like upcoming musicians. I think you um, just do it, man. Yeah. You just have to do it. And and um, I think maybe a few of us have lost a few significant others over the fact that this is what we do, and might not be that steady, and it might yeah. you know you don't make enough money or I don't have insurance or we can't go on vacation. Well, you know, I had Jimmy actually before, way before he was famous and he was working in radio and I had just kind of gone through that with somebody. And, uh, he was just like, you know, what's your plan B? Everybody asked, you know, other, whatever. Yeah. Significant others will ask plan B and Jimmy gave me the advice of that. There's never a fucking plan B. There is no plan B. This is what you do. This is what you do. And that's it. And you're not, you're not, not working, you know, yeah. I, I had a roof over my head, I had, you know, as long as you're working, just keep, you know, and I think I should have worked a little harder at certain things, like he was like, write something every day, just to, like, and that's what he would do, he'd write jokes, he'd write bits, he was, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, so I, <laughs> I took that advice again, because that's all I could do, but, uh, right. you know, I think that you just, just do it, and, and, and if that is your dream, and, and you do, like Jeff said, have, have the skill set, and you are, you know, because some of us don't have the gift of, of this. I mean, you can right. teach a monkey to play a saxophone or a, a violin, but not everybody has the gift. There's feel, right. there's time, there's having mm-hmm. soul, there's, you know, there's a lot of different things. And if you have it and you know you're, you're good enough, just do it. And, you, and don't let anybody or anything stop you from, from pursuing that because it's very rewarding when you wake up in your 50 and you've been doing this for your whole life. When people said you couldn't do it or wouldn't do it, you know, yeah. mind you, I hop, you know, I landed on this nice gig for the last 15 years, but it wasn't always that easy. Right. And I always made it work, and we all made it work. I and um, that's cool. Yeah, he did. He's like, there is that. no plan. B. I, I say the same to parents. Like, if yeah. there's a plan B, if there's a plan B, they like a lot of parents now ask, like, what should I tell my kid? And I'll say, if there's a plan, what's your plan B? Which seems to be the question they always. I think if there's a plan B, believe me, your son or daughter will find the plan B because it won't have worked out. Plan right. B. But if you're planning for a plan B, you're basically saying this isn't going to work out. And if you're going to do music, you got to be all in. Yeah. Because there's a lot of people oh, that are good <laughs> that aren't going to make it. And that's it's it's just a weeding process. There has to be no plan B. And and believe me, it, it doesn't mean you're a failure if, if music isn't your calling. Or right. Or like there's all these people, do what you dream of or follow your dream. That's great, but that's that's pie in the sky, and that that's not all it is. It's yeah. Do like you said, write every. Do, you gotta get the skill. You gotta be the whatever the best version of your yeah of a musician that you can be. Right. No, then hopefully you don't have to go to a plan. If I had planned for Plan B, I mean, the other thing I would tell them is like, go to Plan B now. Why don't you just mm-hmm. cut out that middle part yeah, about music? Because <laughs> it's no it's no fun. It's no walk in the park. It's like, yeah. It is hard. Also, too, I think, speaking of the plan B thing, like, my plan Bs were always just, I I got forced to plan Bs, but in in music. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't dream of, I mean, not that this isn't a dream job, but this is not what I dreamt of. You know, I had a record deal when I was in my 20s, and I thought for sure I was going to be a pop star, and it's going to be great. That didn't happen, so there, I had to do plan B, which I started getting into sessions of you know vocal sessions i got into the latin music world just you know because i'm brown obviously and i found a niche there but um but yeah my plan b's were always in music whether you know whether you play weddings whether you're gigging with maybe not your favorite artists or whatever but you know then you find 
you get some great gigs with some of your favorite artists, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, but yeah, I don't know if I went off, but I just no, think that, that is a thing that there are many ways you can make music if you have that skill set. Also to a lot of young kids, they see American Idol and this and that, and they've never gigged, they've never, they don't know how to read music, they don't know, not that that's really important, if you really want to be a pro, yes, you have to read music, and you have to... I'm not a great reader, but I can do it, you know, and I learned, and we, yeah. You never know what skill you're going to have to use. No, I mean, mean, we've done, all done really funny gigs that, you know, we leave like, wow, man, that was a rough 50 bucks to make, but you made that 50 bucks, and you were still, you're a professional musician, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, that's what I think all of our plan Bs are, just like, you know, like he, Toshio, I I don't want to speak for him, but he has said this, he was in Japan or in San Francisco when you saw some TV show and he saw the good, oh he saw David Letterman he saw this TV show and he's like oh I never want to be that guy <laughs> and then he, and now he's the one that's done more TV shows than all of us you know, so it's, it's kind of funny but so we've all been lucky yeah. that our Plan Bs were all within the music industry and you know however we could make a beautiful dollar in this business you yeah know, so. I remember looking at Jimmy Earl's can I say this about your resume in my dad's session. You brought that resume? That's okay, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So Jimmy Earl brought a resume. This was, Jimmy had just moved to town from New York, right? Yeah. And he had this resume. He was new in town, so my dad was a super low-rent, uh, like, jingle. He was just making jingles, local jingles. Yeah. And and and, uh, and Jimmy had this resume. I'm like, Jesus, this guy's worked with every cool band. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, that's my dream to work with right. guys like that. And now I get to play with Jimmy Earl every day. It's like, you never know. Like, it, yeah. it's really... You know, it. You get to live your dreams in some form or fashion, right? Uh, if you work your ass off, right, Jonathan? Uh, I disagree. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I totally agree. That's that's. It was beautiful, beautifully said. What can I say? Oh. It, it's been great being here, everybody, and uh, I'd like to thank our sponsors. No, no, no. Oh. <laughs> 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 Anyone? Please say something. Please yeah. Say something nice. You know what? No, I think we, we all of us here really, really appreciate what we got and what the man upstairs gave us. You know, uh, uh, we all paid our dues, as we say in the business. I know I myself ate a lot of bologna sandwiches on the road. So when something like this happens, yeah. it's, I mean, we're very appreciative of that. Yeah, so it's we're very lucky. Mm-hmm. I think that was a great note to leave on. Thank you guys for being here today and doing yeah, this interview. Yeah. Thanks to Cleto and the Cletones for being on the show today and check them out on ABC's Jimmy Kimmel Live. Thanks again to the Bang Ups for the theme music. Sponsorship is available. Please email me at ilovemusicpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. Until the next one.